Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We have Anne Green with us today. She is the director of Bliss and Green Yoga, a waterfront wellness studio in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and owner of Shine Ohm Yoga Teacher Education. She's a yogi, a former world competitive athlete runner, a surfer, and a shineologist. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thanks so much. I'm so very happy to be here with you today. Yeah. And so aside from like a master's in exercise science and a bachelor's in education, you have extended your practice and what you do to a spiritual practice level that I like. We were going to talk about this whole subject today of rituals. So can you just jump in there and tell us, you know, how did you start a ritual or develop or start to even think about this subject? Uh, You know, I took a really good look at my um, very uniquely busy life. And um, I think we can all very easily get feeling overwhelmed. And it's hard to see clearly where our values are fitting into how we want to feel all the time. So it was very important for me to check into values that I held for myself and make certain that in the chosen opportunities of my day, that they're all based along the concepts of how I actually want to hold myself accountable in my own life. So rituals really have um, been made more aware of in my life or come to the fruition uh, forefront of my life because I'm putting value into action. And that really helps me check into being my most authentic self. Give me a real world example of value into action. Perfect. So it's, um, you know, really residing elegantly and consistently with the true person of who you are. So it's kind of that proclamation and declaration of putting your energies into matters of yourself, investing in yourself. It can be, say, you have the value of feeling um, supported and connected um, and wanting to go with the flow. A ritual for that can be having a very special water jug by your door at your front home. When you come in, you stop and you say, okay, not only am I hydrating myself, which is great for my health, but I'm telling myself to be mindful that this is flow, that these molecules are filling me up with the understanding that I'm nourishing every cell with the ritual of flow. So I'm being connected to water. I'm sourcing the importance of how cool it is. I can just pick up a glass of water and come to all these developments of understanding the value of flow as well as hydration in my life. So not just as a reminder, but if someone, I guess, wants to develop something about themselves, right? Or they want to affirm and maybe change a a behavioral pattern. You know, could you give us an example of one of those? Like, let's say there's someone who, I don't know, maybe feels like they need to be more confident or have more self-love. You know what I mean? What what would be maybe a action and a ritual that they could do every day to affirm that? Because it sounds so affirming to have the action, like you said, meet the value, right? And you've got the water jug and that represents the flow. And I love that, you know, so I'd love to talk about a couple other things that, you know, might be applicable to people out there. That's amazing. So, um, you know, maybe you're trying to clear the clutter so you can become more refined and focused. 
I think that's something that a lot of us need. Um, what we can do is bring that concept. I'm going to stick to the water theme for a moment because it's really powerful and water is, um, a concept that can create a lot of change without a lot of effort. So every time that you get into your shower or even your bath, it's a concept of as you cleanse yourself, you're cleansing off those things that are getting in the way of uh, the values you'd like to stick to, attain, and be with. So you are really decluttering yourself or cleansing yourself as, as the water comes out of your shower. It runs off your body, down the drain, and is allowed to be resourced back and recycled by nature. So it's not a sense of waste. It's completely a sense of um, supporting your body in cleaning that which is no longer serving you and creating room for that which you would like to come in, either by flow, focus, or realigning. And what, and what a way to add some value to your shower. <laughs> I mean, you right. You know, instead of just going in and doing the, you know, get in, get out, we all do the same sort of rote little routine there. Instead, it becomes a, a mindful event and then can, you can connect it to your soul and what you're looking for in life. And I like that. Yeah. Thanks. There's some additions to that as well. There's some preparation for your body that you can do beforehand. Um, that's very Ayurvedic or that kind of sister science to yoga and the culture of living in a deep connection that all we have coming into our body and putting on our body, hearing, looking, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, all of this is medicine. All of this is nourishing every single cell and thought pattern that we have. So prior to even coming into that cleansing ritual of the commitment of your shower, you can kind of, um, you can do a little dry brushing to your body. And as you dry brush, you can say, you know, things like I'm putting into my body the spaciousness to hold these things I'd like to release, or I'm creating some warming up that um, I can have room for things to move from. Um, it's also just good for your skin. It's really good for your first line of defense, which is your skin, and the organ of your skin can have a bit more suppleness to it. Then you do the cleansing concept in the shower. And then something I really particularly like is coming out of the shower I always kind of feel um, it's so great when I get a chance to have a massage and that's so uh, valuing of self-care. What I've learned to do for myself, my ritual coming out of the shower is I step out wet. So I'm reminded again of that sense of I've cleaned everything off. I've also nourished and hydrated myself through my skin and adding to the luxuriousness of that. I um, will usually take some coconut oil and a really wonderfully chosen fragrance um, some kind of essential oil that I really like. And I take a moment to just give myself a little massage with the oil and the fragrance um, while my body's still wet. And it's, uh, it's a really wonderful way of infusing your body with good smell, feeding your soul in that concept of having taken care and cleansed, and then nourishing your body in this like protective layer. So as I'm doing that last moisturizing kind of concept with oil and um, essential smells, it's also the sense of preparing myself to launch myself out into the world, kind of like an anti-bad vibe shield, and it radiates throughout my whole body. It's really brilliant and really um, quite a very simple concept. In total, these things can take approximately about a minute before you get in the shower and a minute afterwards, so it's not a lot of extra time, especially for the luxury of what your body will be left with in the ritual of taking care of 
I love that. And actually, might as well stay on the subject of water because I want to talk to you about paddling and surfing for a second. One of the things I've noticed, and I'd love you to touch on this because I'm sure you have some viewpoints, but I'm sure you've taken people who've never paddled before. And, you know, at first, a lot of people fall off. And the reason people fall when they're on the board is they don't trust the board and they resist against it. And when you do that on the water, which is a movable surface, you tip over. And it's just sort of like same thing when you're paddling with the current or against it. You know what I mean? And so it's sort of like a little bit synonymous with life sometimes being able to go with the flow or letting things carry you without the fear. And that's the hardest thing for people to get in their heads when they're learning how to stand up paddle, especially because they want to control and they feel out of control. And yet they're just not letting the water, you know, and and the things support them. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm getting at there? I totally do. It's also a concept of allowing our body and our being to actually be. So you've put yourself into a state where, um, I mean, nature's going to win every single time, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Thing we can we never discount. We can always count that nature's going to transform. Nature's powerful. Every, every storm's going to transmute. Every season's going to change. So lovely, beautiful, incredible mother nature. She's going to win every single time. It's the one thing you can actually trust. And so when we come to being with that, there's less of that fight. When we fight, we guard, we get tight. Our whole body resists any kind of flow because it um, stiffens. And I kind of take a look at it. A reed in a swamp or the side of the water is always going to do so much better in any kind of storm than a very tall, stable trunk. Right. So if we can, um, even in the, the trees, um, if we can allow the wind to pass through the branches with greater ease, that's going to help the trunk to be able to have a little bit of shakedown into its underneath the ground roots that can move a little bit too to help the tree stay stable. Taking that back to the water and paddling, I really love to get people very low to the water, first of all, and um, on the board to kind of create a, a relationship. And I actually even make people like hug the board and, and have a little bit of a love fest with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. To trust that it's going to hold you in support. And it, it just is. Like you can't change the board. It is the way it is. You also cannot control the waves that will approach and leave and understand um, the ebb and flow of, of all of the, the immerse that you've just put yourself into. Um, so it's about... Becoming realistic to being and giving your body that chance um, through ritual of letting go and trusting what is happening about you. And quite honestly, sometimes when people are just super stiff and really afraid, I'm just like, hey, guess what? The first thing is you got to jump off the board into the water (laughs) to, to just really let go and become immersed in the substance of what it is that they're feeling afraid of or needing to try to control. And then a whole nother level is what you do, some of which is teaching some yoga on a paddle board. You have to obviously be very trusting of the board at that point, or you would never be able to do it. So that would be an advanced level, which is kind of an interesting thing to experience. Um, I don't recommend it for anyone that hasn't, you know, balanced on a paddle board before, but it is really interesting getting into, um, yoga. And I want to get back to ritual and I know this is sort of part of it, but what is yoga meant to you in your life? How did it, how did it find you? You find it and tell us what that means to you. Wow. That's a really awesome question. And, um, it's, it's personally, it's so 
coming from my personal opinion, it's a, a really beautiful experience for me. Um, my whole life, I've been a very competitive athlete, and uh, I, I kind of take a different outlook on competition. It's it's always truly been about making it my own best attempt. Um, even though I know that there's races and there's competition, it was never about beating others. It was always about what do I have today, and what is this amazing you know, shell and this conduit to connection, what is it capable of doing today? So that's really always been my way. And um, sometimes that's hard as a growing up young elite athlete. So it's it's kind of a funny story. Yoga found me in the way of a library, the librarian um, that was uh, very close to my sister who worked there. I would have to go there after my training as a gymnast and wait for my sister to be done work. And so the librarians thought, um, hey, you should look at these books. They're kind of cool. And there are books on yoga because um, in the small community that I grew up in, we didn't, we didn't really have any yoga teachers, especially for like kids yoga. So it was really neat that I was infused by a community member that had the, the, the love and the audacity to say like, hey, I see you. I see your interest. This is really cool. And maybe this will help you. At least you'll be interested in it. So it came to me at a very, very young age, like about eight, nine, nine years of age. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it was an exploration where, you know, no coach could tell me what to do in it. It was thoroughly my own. So to really summarize what you asked me, for me, yoga is personal liberation. Um, that total sense of being free and understanding that you're a free being. Um, and being free also does have uh, the accountability to be your authentic self. And that means to, to not do harm in the world. Um, because we're all based out of love. And I know that that's pretty deep, but it's also totally truthful to who I am. And um, yeah, I'm just extremely excited that uh, yoga found me. Um, I think too, with yoga, it's allowed me to express all of myself. I was a pretty shy kid. And um, I'm not saying that I'm not shy, but I'm just really well at managing it now. Interesting. So personal liberation is probably, if I could summarize all of that, yoga has been personal liberation for me. Um, and what I find as I continue to grow and expand as a senior student in it, because I think we should always be very good students, I believe that it's helping me to see um, the awesomeness and the connection that people have. And there's just no separation. You know, there's no separation between nature and human um, and, and how we interact all the time. And I think it's really important to have that strong, deep, consistent elegance that we are naturally connected. There's no separation. Yeah. And getting back to ritual, I know you spend a lot of time in nature and for me, that's just a super daily ritual. That's a life changer. What are some things that, I mean, obviously that you have the shower and some other things that we talked about earlier. What are some other kind of rituals people can do if they're not close to a big, gorgeous mountain or ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a ton of um, little things that you can do for yourself. Like, you know, what about starting every single day with an intention? Um, that's something that a lot of people are trying to do. And one of the ways I make and create that as a ritual is that as I place my feet onto the floor from the first time, having gotten out of bed, I just try to find uh, some kind of connection to nature around me, be it something I've set up in my own room, like plant or some rocks or something I got on um, a walk out in nature that was okay to bring in um, or just looking at my window you know looking at the window into whatever kind of nature connection looking up to the sky that's vast and expansive and can be very helpful for people to clear and create space for themselves 
but to really check into that deep vibe of um, bringing awesome to every cell that you're alive, that you're amazing, um, and really imbue that constancy of uh, awesome living life PhD. So that before you start your day, you're really just taking a moment to check in. It doesn't take long at all. And um, it's something you can set up every day. Um, to the point even going further that before you get into bed every night that, you know, you make sure that you've got something out for when you get out of bed, you can look at and be graced with uh, that positivity. It could be a word, it could be a special picture, um, it could be a photograph of some awesome memory that you have, but just something that really helps you to step into your day, um, created a nice lull to the end of one day by reviewing kind of your schedule and what's coming the next day and starting with an intention um, to help you really resonate in the completely miraculous, awesome cellular being that you are. And it's not hard to do. And you can do it wherever we're at. Such a wonderful, positive message. I love it. Um, tell us how you've got some videos online. You've got a blog. Tell us how we can connect with you. People who want to hear more about this message, who want to delve into this, or might need to touch back in for a refresher if they've lost their way a little bit. You know, how are you available to everybody? Well, thank you so much for that. I'm definitely most available through my website. That's angreenyoga.com. I'm also found on Instagram at shineologist. And I can be found on Facebook as well as um, slash or backslash Larry Shineologist as well. Nice. And you have some, I saw you have some videos up there. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of some of the content you're putting out there? Yeah, I'm doing lots of wonderful um, content on ritual. And this will be very shortly construed into a book. Um, and the book has a seasonal outlook on living life fully with yoga as one of the, the concepts of helping you understand ritual and right in your life for kind of that sense of creating consistency and giving your body a living journal to be and to be fully connected to nature. So this book is um, going to be coming out shortly and there'll be a lot of help for everybody with that. I'm also working on a set of um, videos that will be able to reach out to the the masses of beings that would like a little bit of help. And uh, we're working on a ritual program as well. So there's lots to come. (laughs) Nice. And I know you do a yoga teacher education. Do you, do you certify yoga instructors or at what level are you teaching that? Is that a, like, if I want to be a yoga teacher, is that something? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks very much for that too. So we do, we are a registered school for um, education and, uh, and that's also actually for Canada. That's at a, uh, at a provincial and national level of government to support what we're doing. Um, but also through the alliances of Yoga Alliance and our Canadian Yoga Alliance, we are a school of yoga. So that means you can come here and be educated in our uh, level one is 200, and that earns you the right to go out to, um, to teach yoga. We feel that that's an assisting level of education for our teachers here at the studio. So what we also have is a 300-hour program that follows suit just after, so that within about a year's time, you gain a 500-hour education program that's equivalent to about in college level that's about three years of college study in university level it's equivalent to about four and a half years or one and a half programs of degree and um at that level then you're you're invited to um to be a teacher um and we feel that you're ready to launch into the world to support people in their their right of health and their journey of health through yoga 
Nice. And what would you say? I mean, obviously, there's the classic teaching you have to go through with with any of these programs. But what would you say is different about yours or that you add? Clearly, you've been through many yourself, even probably just tons of advanced trainings. So what do you feel is different about yours and what yours offers? Um, I think there's a few things that are, are different. It's a personal look at yoga. I believe yoga is a very personal journey and we meet you where you're at. We also really imbue a concept of happiness so that our yoga is practiced happy and creates happy for you. Um, it's very authentic. We ask you to um, find ways of creating your, your most authentic self while you're going through the education and being true to that. Um, so it's also just a deeply connected yoga education to nature. And um, the first concept of understanding our nature is the architecture of our own body. So we have a great fusion of understanding the alchemy of anatomy. And uh, that's a really big focus for our practice and our training here. Nice. And we touched on it earlier, but you run, you're the director of Surfset Yoga, which is, and you also run Canada's first float yoga studio. So for people in Canada, can you talk to us about that? Because that is an interesting, unique thing. And I'm sure people might be interested in jumping in on that. That's amazing. It's um, it's really fun. So we worked with Jimmy Lewis and helped design um, a yoga board. That's also really great for cruising around. So like if I was visiting out in California, I could for sure take it for a longboard, <laughs> which would be really fun. And um, but we have really long, awesome rivers and lakes here. And uh, so we wanted a board that was not only just made to be like a dock and float and be great for yoga, so a bit more stable. We wanted to make it very viable and useful and, and reusable for many things. So it's really fun to do that. And we put the first fleet out on the board, out on the water, sorry. And um, so we have a fleet of 15 boards and uh, we have a beautiful bay here right by the studio. We're a water-based studio. And uh, it's really wonderful to see, you know, 6.15 in the morning, water's crystal clear and calm. And you just get this amazing experience of trying yoga on a board floating on water and it's just a whole new level of understanding and appreciation of your body's ability, not only to be connected to nature, but totally connected to yourself and that you are nature and it's, you know, you're in your element when you're practicing like that. And surf set is because it gets really cold here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's a summer activity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a hard part. I can't, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but I do enjoy all four seasons. So we, uh, as much as we get out and go and do snow yoga or snoga, we also have hikes outside, and uh, but taking it back inside and connecting to that really awesome vibe of surfing. We do have Surf Set Fitness here, which is an amazing program, and it mimics the feel of surfing, prepares a lot of people's bodies that want to go on their vacation trips and try surfing. And it's just a complete bunch of fun to really shake up the way that you train and, and do any kind of athletic training. It's, it's just a lot of good fun, and that's... Um, that's really what it's about. So Surfset Fitness is, um, we are Canada Surfset Fitness, and it's really neat. We get to help lots of people throughout all of Canada that want to start the Surfset program in their own studios or even home or create their whole small business around it. So that's been really fun. We were um, talking a little bit before the show. Uh, you, you touched on healing in a bit and sort of looking at things. And we talked about a couple of healing rituals there. But for some people that are listening that might be dealing with and healing on a journey of something quite serious, you know, and um, what kind of thoughts would you have to offer in their direction? 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think the, the connection's a little off. Sorry. Um, I was saying we mentioned briefly before I started recording where you mentioned something about healing and we had touched on rituals and obviously there's a lot of healing within rituals, but for people that are listening, you know, our audience, people interested in health who listen to the show, for the people that are healing from something very serious and they're in a, a tough situation, you know what I mean? Where there might not even be a lot of movement involved. What kind of uh, thoughts and, and, and things, you know, what are your thoughts to offer those people? Thank you very much for that opportunity to help people that are in need and deep need. The power of our thought is incredibly important in our health and bringing forth a positive outlook is so very important and it can really bring you through things that you never thought possible. And it comes down to starting about making sure you're very clear on what it is you'd like to feel. And sometimes knowing um, how you'd like to feel can have to begin by knowing how you don't want to feel. So identifying some of the ways that you don't want to feel is very important and replacing those feelings into words that might work for you that you um, can have about you. So especially if someone is maybe not able to get out of bed, um, I'm very hopeful that they'll have people around them that will help them. And uh, they could even, you know, fill the area that they're in with wonderful um, plants or bits of nature to help them be connected to nature when they can't get out to it right now. But even to have a very simple ritual of choosing words that are really radiate a positivity to you so brainstorming words that make you feel happy, that you like, that you have a curiosity about, those are really nice. And just imbuing your own environment and what your eyes lay upon with those wonderful feelings and words. And it really, it really doesn't cost anything at all outside of pen and paper and the ability to put them around. And one little thing I give a lot of people is to try to fill a mason jar or an empty jar that you have with all these wonderful words that you've chosen and um, have that opportunity in that jar of potential to take a moment and on a daily basis or at sometimes you might need to do it more than once a day and that's okay. But to um, pick out a word from that jar that you've put in there out of ritual and that consistency of choice, that these words for you are powerful, that help create a conduit of connection to yourself and to your world and a pathway that is really your adventure in this world. And when they pick that word out, you know, they real they remember and they realize I've put work into this and worthiness into choosing this word. Now, how can I bring that on today? Maybe it just is reading it over and over. And today you concentrate and you focus on the self-care of that word. I love the jar of potential is so great. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, I do vision boards. I also would maybe say, you know, if you're going through a rough time or chemo or something like a real big challenge and maybe at the end of it, you're like, even if you can't even, you don't even know how you maybe afford it now, but let's say you're like, you know, I would love to go on a big trip after this too. Tahiti, just then put post photos that you can print up of that, you know, go buy a travel magazine with tropical photos. And, you know, at least if you like you said, if you're in bed, or you're immobile, there's something to focus your eyes on that are hopeful and an end result and something really positive and wonderful you you want to happen after sort of the challenge, maybe. Yeah, you know, creating an intent of delight, we've kind of made it not okay to allow ourselves to feel delicious and delightful and feel and filled with a sense of desire and want. Um, and I think that it, that's, that's dangerous to not allow that to happen. Um, 
I think it's important that we are focused on good things and helping ourselves be the best that we can. That's the only way we'll have the strength to be really great to others. And um, so that sense of self-care by not only communicating your needs and your desires, um, but that sense of being really connected to the bigger picture. Um, You're part of the universe. You're very worthy and the universe needs you to be a part of it right now. That's why you're, you know, so lucky to be a part of this, this world. And that, and that's how you shine. Like that's how you really spread that happiness. Totally, totally interconnected to all the natural elements and your own elevation. So, um, that is a vulnerable place to be for certain and, um, bringing it into your daily ritual will only create stronger connections to those intents of values that you'd like to live. And they'll make them come alive by finding them in a variety of different ways. So that's, um, also one of the biggest, uh, intents of ritual that I try to live every day. I try to show my love and also expose my deepest vulnerabilities. That's what makes me a powerful person. When you say expose your deepest vulnerabilities every day, I understand when you say I try to love every day, because that could be a, even a wonderful smile to a checkout person at a grocery store. But what do you mean by the other showing your vulnerabilities? Like in, in what ways does that manifest for you? You know, sometimes we hide off our closest regions of our heart. And to those that are um, in your trusted circle, your, your tribe of awesome, um, those shine tribe people, you really, it really is important that that's where your deepest vulnerability of letting them know, Hey, I'm scared or I don't understand. Could you help me see this better that we communicate that? Um, some of the ways we can do that are allowing them into the, those regions of your hearts that might be a bit scary. So it could be a long tender moment, like hold your hug a little bit longer with someone that you care about. And some conversation may come up with that. It could be the sense I'm very lucky to be the mom of a 12 year old boy. Who's so awesome. And he's still, me some really great snuggling. So I take it, you know, I put the phone down. I do it maybe in some places that people think is a little inconvenient for them, but Hey, it's our moment. And what's most important is he's one of the loves of my life. And I, I really find it, it's a ritual to express my love. So that, that helps me through any kind of vulnerable feeling that I'm having. And then I know I've been truthful and, and I can't ask more of myself, nor could I ever ask more of another person. I love the, um, I love the, like the snuggle thing and the shine tribe, but actually, you know what, listen, I've had moments in my life where I had to ask a friend, like, I just, I need a, like a hug, you know, and that's tough for someone like me. I'm not normally, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty self-soothing and I have love in my life. I don't feel, but there are some moments where, you know, let's say you don't have a boyfriend or a child or something like that. And, you know, you're going through a tough time. There are times when you just have to come out and be vulnerable and it can be awkward, but it's such a nice release, you know, to be able to share that with someone and be able to just get it out. Totally. And actually then look at how your relationship with that person then just got stronger, right? Way way more empowered. And then there's these two empowered beings together in this brilliant, um, kind of big hug of trust too. Like you're, you really, you saw the other person for who they are and you didn't have to be something that you're not. And, and that authentic yeah. way of living is, uh, is truly what changes the world being truly connected to, um, you know, these repeatable actions and being accountable. And it's an incentive because it, it's helping someone else. And it's also helping yourself. Well, let me ask you one more question before we go. So on the, to- on the topic of, I've mentioned it. I mentioned it in my book where I talk about, you know, it's often easy when you're in a state of disease to 
blame a body you're in, especially if it feels awful to be in it. You know, there are times when I wanted to jump out of my body and just leave it and go, (laughs) just not even feel the feelings. And, you know, it's, it can be a little bit tougher in those moments to get connected and be in sync with your body. And of course we could do a whole hour on mind body and we are one. Yes, we know that biology of belief, Bruce Lipton. I mean, there's science on it, but what kind of advice or thoughts would you have for someone who is, whether it be they're obese and struggling being comfortable in their body, or they're going through chemo and cancer right now. And it's that uh, looking at the body as if it's sort of an enemy or a negativity towards it, because we know that that clearly is not a good healing vibe <laughs> and a direction to go in. So, you know, how would you help turn someone around there? That's a really wonderful place to trust people to ask that question. What I'm left with on that is I really try to appreciate the, the, um, the opportunity of now. So that nourishing opportunity of wonder. Um, that we don't have to attach, nor do we have to try to change what's happened to our body. We forever are capable, though, of allowing our body to, like a storm, is weathered and passes. It's absolutely safe and confident and beautiful to realize that all you need to do right now is take a breath. And then you get to the next one. And sometimes it does get to that for people, especially that are going through chemo and people that are in a place of dis-ease and people that are even in, you know, places of great um, decompression and depression, reminding ourselves to take the breath. That breath then infuses an opportunity of I'm in my now. I'm nourishing my opportunity of wonder and being able to get connected for a moment. That moment will hopefully build to the next one. That next moment may be getting you the motivation to pick one of your favorite words out of your focus jar, your jar of potential. It may get you to go to that place of creating another concept on your vision board or looking at your vision board or looking out in nature or getting to a walk. When it's really that tough, we have to break it down to the moment that we're in and come to our breath. Breathing is a big connection to knowing I am here, I'm alive, I'm vibrant, I'm vital, and I'm an important part of this universe. And I'm so worthy that I need to do the best breath I can because the whole world needs me right now. Simply come to the breath. I love it. That's so great. Thank you so much for joining us again. We can find you at com, which is the main website. And on Instagram, you're Shineologist and Facebook slashback Shineologist. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to your upcoming book on rituals or some of your writing that's coming out. And please keep in touch so we can have you back on when that's out. That will be absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much. I really had a great time with you today. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here, and I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network of primal health coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness. Becoming a primal health coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love, inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness. 
If you dream of a career in health coaching, but have been held back by worries, such as the investment of time and money, then I encourage you to hesitate no longer. Health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching, and we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace. We also have payment plans available, so you can start immediately for just a dollar down. The world needs primal health coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis. The world needs you. Are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted, experienced, and knowledgeable health coaches? To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit PrimalHealthCoach.com and subscribe.